Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. Where being as busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about the impact of continuously putting your kids ahead of your spouse. I want you all to think about this quote from Nadia Boulanger, a French composer, conductor, and teacher. And she says, loving a child doesn't mean giving in to all of his or her whims. To love him or her is to bring out the best in him, to teach him to love what is difficult. Mm. And we're going to be digging deep into this. It's come up numerous times over the last week and you guys know that when something comes up in uh, in our world repeatedly it comes up to you guys on the podcast as well and, and I want to just put this out here the, I want you guys to know just from the get go before we get into the hug and, and where this is all coming from this isn't about us bashing on kids I, I just want you to realize that from the get go what I want you to think about though is all the time that you put into your kids, your spouse gets pushed aside. And that's what we really want to be digging into here today so that we that way we can sort of open this up a little bit more because really at the end of the at the end of the day, you know when the kids are you know flown the, the nest, which is what we want to really talk about because we want to talk about those older kids here, you guys still have an extraordinary marriage. So I just want to lay that out here right from the get go because we've done some, we've done some tougher ones, you know, um, but I just, I just want you guys to understand where we're coming from right from the front. Wow. He doesn't usually interrupt me before the hug. He feels pretty passionate about that. And I love hearing that right from the get go. This is going to be, this is going to be one of those shows that really, for those of you that have kids or are thinking about having kids, or maybe your kids are older you know, it's going to be one of those shows that really kind of gets under your skin. And that's Mm -hmm. what we're going for. But before we do that, you know, we like to start with our one hugs. And this week's hug is sponsored by Date Night Box. Tired of planning date night or just doing the same old thing? Leave Date Night to Date Night Box. Date Night Box is the first and only company to plan, book, box, and send custom Date Night Boxes. Each box includes tickets and vouchers for your event, activities, or dinner, along with directions, itinerary, a virtual date night concierge, and fun goodies to enhance each date night. All One Extraordinary Marriage family members can receive one free planning by a date night consultant. And for all of those of you that tell us you don't know what to do for date night, you definitely need to check this out. And you just go to together.datenightbox.com. And we actually received one of these. This is an awesome way for all of you to break out of the date night 
What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Right. Exactly. So go to together.datenightbox.com and date night is D-A-T-E-N-I-T-E box.com. I'll also have a link in the show notes for those of you who are interested. It's it's one free planning by a date night consultant. So go on over there, put in your name, your information. They're going to get some information from you on what you're looking for on a date night, and they're going to get you all set up and ready to go. So together.datenightbox.com. So this hug says, you both should know how much your podcast has helped transform my marriage. I told you already I heard about you on ParentCast with Mary and Blake and that my husband and I started the Intimacy Lifestyle. And a huge shout out to Mary and Blake. We were on their show about a month ago now. Mm-hmm. Love these guys. So if you're a parent and want to check out some amazing folks doing their thing, go check out ParentCast. Love them. Um, we're probably going to be on their show again here in the future. Absolutely. This uh, writer goes on to say, been going strong for about a month with sex twice a week after it was probably only once or twice a month. Woo-hoo. Yay! She goes on to say, it amazes me how just making yourself do it leads to a higher sex drive. Last night, my husband and I made out on the couch after watching a movie. I don't think we've French kissed in years. It's either pecs or sex. <laughs> ha ha. And this French kiss led to passionate sex on the couch. She goes on to say, I'm a very personal person when it comes to the cell stuff. So I feel weird even typing this out in an email, but I know you guys like hearing about how your work impacts your listeners. So I wanted to share my experience and we are so glad that you did Yeah, because that is, that is so encouraging to the other listeners knowing that putting that focus on intimacy in your marriage, on making sexual intimacy, sexual intimacy specifically, but getting past those like quick pecks on the cheek. You know, I love how she said it was either pecks or sex. Mm -hmm. That might actually be a title for a future podcast. I loved that because I think so many people fall into it and she's already, you know, like Tony said, we were on that podcast only about a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. And here's a listener that took the information, implemented it in her marriage, saw a difference, right? Boom. Action takers. Love that. Talk to Elise about French kissing. Oh, please. <laughs> please, please, please. Here we go. That's not this podcast. That's not this podcast. This podcast, though, it, you know, Tony started out the show saying that it's about the impact of putting kids first in your marriage. And just to go back, we've had this struggle in our yes. own marriage, so much so that the first chapter of Stripped Down is called from the top down, getting your priorities in order. And in that chapter, we talk about God first, spouse second, kids third, then work, then everything else. That was the first chapter of Stripped Down. Then way back in episode 40, which is probably four years ago now, uh, and this is why yes. this is why Tony gave you all the caveat at the very beginning of the show when he interrupted me before the hug. That episode was called Screw the Kids. This is our marriage. And that was the first time that we really dug into, you know, with young children, how does that impact your marriage and who's, who, where's the main focus in the relationship and that type of thing. And four years ago, we had a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. So just putting a little, putting a little time, time stamp of where we were then and where we are now. And what's happened recently in, with my coaching clients and even during the consultations, is I'm hearing from a lot of folks who have older children, 
late teens, late teens, early 20s. And these children are still in their home and still impacting the marriage literally on a daily basis. Uh And and we're going to dig into that. But this email came through this week and it really kind of brought this all to a head. So I want to share this with you guys. This person writes in and says, I'm a new listener, but I've downloaded your podcast and decided to listen to them from episode one. I have to say, oops, I have to say that I've learned a bit about you and have just finished number 40 about keeping your spouse first before the kids. As a husband who has been through this, I can say that it puts the other spouse in a place where they feel resentment towards the kids. But then you feel like a bad person because you love your spouse and your kids more than anything, but you're hurting so bad inside because you're lacking any kind of connection with the person you love and promised your life to. This can and does lead to personal destructive behavior such as alcohol abuse, temptation to stray, or use of illegal substances. I didn't go into the last two of those, but I've spent most of the last seven years as a drunk. Thankfully, I am currently sober a little over five months, and I'm extremely happy about that. Way to go, man. That's awesome. But my marriage took a large hit over that. We are working on the sex aspect of our marriage, but it's taking a lot of work to repair the damage that was done. Mm. And this email came on the heels, like I said earlier, of two coaching calls where folks are telling me about their adult children living in their home, children who are not working full-time, are not necessarily going to school full-time, and who are still essentially in their early 20s living off a mom and dad. Right. And these are all marriages that are struggling. And so we're going to dig into this impact of children continuously being at the forefront of the marriage. And for those of you who are listening and going, oh, well, my kids are younger, perk your ears up because this is for you as well. As a new parent, as a young parent, listen to what's happening because this could be you 10, 15 years, 20 years down the road, depending on where your kid is. You know, and even for us, when we hear this and we learn from this and we talk to folks about it, we realize as parents, one of the main things our our goal is as parents is to raise up kids who can leave the house, leave right. the house, be be product, pretty productive in society and go, not hanging out on, on us because they just want to hang out. Now, like Elisa said, there could be some reasons why they're home. Hey, we live in San Diego. And within San Diego, we have three, four, five good, uni- good yeah. universities right in our area. I mean, seriously, we have San Diego State, UCSD, Cal- USD. USD, Cal State, San Marcos, all within about a half an hour's drive from our house. If my son or daughter comes to me and goes, hey, dad, I've decided I want to go to San Diego State, but I want to do, I want to just, commute. I want to stay home by all means. Yes. We are going to set up guidelines though, so that they understand what's up. Because that's our job as parents. And I want to be very clear. Our job as parents is not to, you know, very much like Nadia said, that quote that I pulled, our job is not to give into all their whims. It's not to protect them or save them from all of the potential pitfalls that can hit them in the world. Right. You know, like, 
um, roommates that might eat all their food out of the refrigerator or, that happen. you know, I remember going to visit my brother in college. He was living in a suite with four guys total. And I remember walking into their bathroom and being so thankful I had slippers on because it was disgusting. And, you know, that's just part of living with other people. And sometimes you're going to work with people who are going to be jerks. And these are all things that your children are going to face at some point in time. And you want them to be equipped to face that. I mean, our children have heard from a very young age that we expect them to leave our home. You know, sometimes it's said, you know, jokingly that we're going to change the locks when the youngest one turns 18. Because we want them to be thinking in terms of what am I going to do with my life? Mom and dad, and we've told our oldest, who is within five years of getting his driver's license, that we are not buying him a car. Like, you better start planning now for how you're going to have transportation once you have your driver's license. You know, my kids want clean clothes. Guess what? My youngest is eight years old. She knows how to operate the washing machine. And if she doesn't have something clean, you know what she does? She picks up her laundry basket and she marches it down to the washing machine. She puts the laundry detergent in, she puts her clothes in and she, voila, it's miraculous. Clean clothes come out of the washer and then they go into the dryer. I don't do my kids clothes. Why? Because I don't have to, because I want them to know how to do it because I would much rather spend time with Tony. And this is really what it comes down to. I would rather spend time with Tony than be slaving over everybody in this house's laundry. Now, again, I want to I want to just put this caveat. Those of you who are younger kids, uh, honestly, we we understand when when we first did that show, you know, episode forty, our kids were were four and seven. Like I said, we didn't expect our kids to do laundry back then. No, but they can start helping right. and start being equipped with life skills, even at a young age. Now, as your kids start getting into middle school and high school. This is, honestly, folks, learning how to do laundry is a prime example of being able to equip them so that they understand that, hey, this is what you need to do. And, and, and listen to me and hear me out here is that you may be just going, well, it's just laundry, right? It is just laundry. And I know from the first conference that Elisa and I spoke at, the question we had when we talked about our 60 Days of Sex challenge mm-hmm. the first question that so came remember that from a wife in the audience was well what about the laundry the dishes and the household chores think about that laundry was like the first thing she said so if laundry can be taken over by your kids what does that mean for you and your spouse of being able to connect it's one less thing that's on your plate hey for me, the hardest part is that, yes, the kids do the laundry and sometimes the little one will just sort of get all the clean clothes and just drop it on her chair in her room. Would I love for them to all be folded nice and neatly and put into her dresser? Yes. At the same time, I just need to sort of go, she knows where her clothes are. They're clean. We didn't have to spend any time on it. Let her roll. Shut the door. Cool. And that's that's a tool that parents can use that whole shut the door thing. When you want to put your spouse first, close your kid's bedroom door. If it's a mess, if they've got clothes all over the place, close their door and don't obsess over what's behind it. Because here's the thing. 
the, the relationship that you have with your spouse and the relationship you have with your child, it impacts three generations. Because when you put your child first, and I want to talk about the negative impact here, when you put your child first, so above your spouse, like it's all about them, it's all about what lessons they're taking or about their social activities or, you know, about where they're going to college and, and just everything revolves around your child. Here's what happens. First and foremost, your relationship with your spouse suffers because just like that email said, that resentment builds up and it causes a lot of conflict because you're watching your spouse take care of your children and, and you love your spouse and you love your child, but you're stuck because you're getting the leftovers. You're getting the leftovers. And here's mm. the deal. The marriage relationship is the primary family relationship. That shouldn't be the relationship getting the leftovers. So that's the first generation that gets impacted. The second generation that gets impacted is your child. Because here are children that are being raised where they have nothing that they have to be responsible for. Like they don't have to be responsible for putting gas in, you know, in their car and they don't have to be responsible for putting you know, food in their bellies and they don't have to be responsible for washing their clothes because mom or dad, whoever is the parent that's kind of hovering over them, is doing all of it. So you have these kids who have no plan and no direction because they haven't had to. And I told one wife that I'm working with, I told her today, I said, I want your son's life. I want to be 20 and have no responsibilities to have a full-time school schedule, no responsibilities to have full-time employment and have my dad take care of everything. That, that sounds pretty good to me. Why would I want to change that? And yet there's this sense of, of being lost, of a lack of direction. And so you have your child, the second generation being impacted and parallel on that generation. At some point in time, most of you expect your children to get married, right? So there's going to be a spouse in your child's life. And how are they going to handle this child who is an adult and their expectation that they are constantly taken care of? Mm -hmm. So that's the second generation that's impacted when you put your kids first. And the third generation that's being impacted, potentially impacted, are your grandkids. And again, some of you that are like, I have a three-year-old. What are you talking about my grandkids? To you, I say, it will be here before you know it. I have a middle schooler who just started middle school and I can already in some respects project that he's going to be going off to college in seven years. And it's, it's real. It goes that fast. And in probably 20 years, he's going to be like, mom, I'm getting married. You know, this kind of stuff. And I'm like, ah, the grandkids of those children that never grew up and never had to have responsibility. What does life look like for them? Well, and also, you know, it just, it keeps perpetuating itself. Mm -hmm. And for each of us, it's a little different. That's why, you know, topics like this are tough. Sure they, they are. They really are because we all come from different socioeconomic backgrounds and how we were raised and what we saw and what we believe in and all that. When it comes down to it, folks, what we're trying to say is, look at your spouse. They need to be at the top of your priority list. And together, you guys got to figure out, hey, what is the best way we're going to raise these guys? Mm -hmm. What does it look like for us? You know, for you guys, you may go, you know what? Hey, as long as my kid is going to school, they got their, their nose in the books and they're cranking it out and the two of you are fine with that, then so be it. 
For others of you may be going, you know what? I got a a 20-year-old, 21-year-old who's just hanging out. We as a family, we as a couple, husband and wife, we need to sit down and sort of like look at this and assess this and and really start digging into this mm-hmm. and going, what's up? Like, what are we going to do? And how are we going to equip our child at this age so that they can move on? Because let me tell you, you know, having little kids in the house and having sex, I get it. It's tough. Most of the time, they don't know what the heck's going on. As my kids do get older, it does get a little different. I mean, in our in our place now, in our new place, it, you know, it's just a different dynamic. The kids are awake. The TV's on. It's it's just a different dynamic. They're up later at night. So for many of you, like us, who tend to go, hey, it's a Friday night. We want to chill, maybe watch a movie, maybe make love. It's a little different on a Friday night, a Saturday night when we're a little lenient. We're okay with the kids being up 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Go watch a movie. It's cool. The next day is not a school day. You can sleep in. I remember that as a kid growing up, and so we're okay with that. But it changes when your kid's all of a sudden 21 and walking in the door at 2 a.m. or, you know, startling you at 11 p.m. or whatever it may be, calling, texting. So uh, what I want to say is that as a couple, you guys have to figure it out. And how do you in your family unit make each other that priority where even though those kids may be older and Mm -hmm. you have the agreement that maybe they do stick around, but how are you guys making sure that you're getting out on your date nights, that you're following your intimacy lifestyle, that you are looking at your finances together, that you're spiritually connected. It starts today. It starts with making a plan because just like, you know, we talked about in episode 140 about scheduling sex, you know, you don't create the intimacy lifestyle without having a plan. I mean, it's inherent in the concept that it is a planned lifestyle. You know, when you get on a cash flow plan for your finances, in the word it even says, or in the phrase it says, plan, cash flow plan. You need to have a plan for equipping your children to leave the home. And here's the thing that I was sharing with with the woman today was that when you and your husband come together and start having those conversations about how are we going to equip our children at whatever age they are. They could be, you know, some of you could be listening to this with newborns and some of you have got those 21-year-olds that are still in the house. Everywhere along that that spectrum, you can put together a plan to equip your children throughout their lives to get to that goal, to get to that goal where they look at you and say, mom and dad, thanks for setting the example. It's time for us to fly the nest. And... If you're sitting there going, well, how am I going to do that? How are we going to do that? We're we're not sure what that would look like in our marriage. And if you're there, get on with Elisa for a 30-minute consultation. You can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 30 minutes. It's a free 30-minute initial consultation. She can listen to hear what's happening and get you sort of started up on that right path. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. 
for those of you that are in this situation where you've been told that you're putting your kids ahead of your spouse, most likely it's come from the spouse that says, why do I always take backseat to the kids? Mm. Many of you listening to this show have heard that. Many of you listening to the show and hearing us talk about putting your kids ahead of your spouse are having an aha moment saying, I think that might be me. Whichever category you fall into, it's not too late to change. Okay, realizing that this is happening in your marriage is the first step. It is. The second step is taking action and acknowledging this to your spouse. Because for those of you that have been putting your kids first, you've probably been in a state of denial with your spouse, just talking, you know, for you, it's good parenting. For you, it's being there for your kids. For you, it's, it's keeping them safe. These are all things that I've heard. And I get it. We're not given children as parents to keep them safe from everything. That's not our job. And think about your own lives. Think about when you've stumbled and fall, fallen and, you know, your parents had to sit there and watch you. You know, yes, it was hard for them. Man, oh man, I did so many darn dumb things growing up. You know, I really did. I, I messed up so many times. And I'm just thankful that my parents didn't rescue me every single time something went wrong. Sometimes they left me out there to figure it out. You know, and in those moments when I had to just figure it out and I felt lost and alone, those were the moments that magical things would just happen. People would come into my lives. This is well before, way before I was a follower of Jesus. But there are some amazing Christian folks that came into my lives that spoke truth. Did I listen to them fully? No, but I took away some really major, major golden chunks of nuggets, gold, golden nuggets there that were vital Okay, real quick. Who else is laughing at golden chunks of nuggets? I know. I was just, I was just excited Tony's there. Tony's just all worked up there. But it was during those moments that I learned something and I grew. And it was because I was able to fall and learn. Well, and we had an incident with our son just last week mm -hmm. where it involved his phone and secrecy on his phone. And, you know, all of a sudden we got a password we hadn't seen the day or two prior. And he got really stubborn with us. Mm -hmm. And we just approached it from a team standpoint that here were the actions that we were going to take and these were going to be the consequences. And we gave him a certain amount of time to think through his actions. And I mean, he was pulling out all the stops. I'm convinced this child is going to, you know, be a debate <laughs> champion at some point in time in his future because he was just, you know, the art of deflection 101. Here's the thing, though. We were a team. I knew Tony had my back in terms of what our ultimate goal here was as far as teaching our son. And I knew that, and I think you knew. Oh, I totally knew you were right there behind him. That I was me. right behind him because we, we had talked about it. And we know the phone is a tool and a usable teaching moment for him. And we let him stew in his own juices. And guess what? The next morning, when he'd had some time to think about it and process it, he came to the conclusion that we wanted and that we had expected the night before. 
Mm-hmm. He had to get there on his own. And since then, he has changed his behavior and he understands just how involved we're going to be. But ultimate, the ultimate win in that whole situation, the ultimate, actually not even a win, the empowerment came from knowing as Tony and I were making that parental eye contact with one another. And you guys know what I'm talking about when you like look over your kid's head and you kind of like do the one eye thing. Like, are we on the same page? Was that I knew that our marriage relationship was the primary relationship that we were going to be a team. And if we weren't going to be a team, then we were going to discuss it away from our child so that he saw a team there. Ultimately, when you strengthen and continue to invest in your marriage, you are setting that example for your children on how family dynamic works. Because you want your children, when they grow up, leave your home and get married, you want them to put their spouse first. You want them to have a rock solid marriage. And here's where they learn it. Yep. They learn it sitting in your kitchen. They learn it sitting on the couch. They learn it when you tell them to go to bed because you know what? It's mom and dad's time. It starts right now with the two of you making each other a priority. Yeah, it really does. So this week, think about this. Think about what we're talking about here. No matter what age and stage you are at parenting or your kids are, think about why it is important and how the two of you can get on the same page. So that way, as the kids go grow up, you guys are a team. Mm-hmm. You guys are a team. Whatever that looks like for you guys, because all of us are different in how we want to raise our children. But ultimately, ultimately, your spouse, your wife, your husband comes before them and they know it. And that's what's going to make an extraordinary marriage. We love you guys. Have yourselves a fantastic week. We'd love to hear your feedback on this 858-876-5663. We love you.